I was going to ask you, were you ever D partners? And the reason I asked this, because he also tried to play forward. Uh, and then here's two, Chelios, were you ever D partners with him? Because I think oh, it's hilarious yeah. if you yeah. were. Yeah. Because here's two guys who tried to play forward, and they're like Hall of Fame defense. <laughs> yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah, okay. yeah, Chelly and I played together for a little bit. And then um, and then Chelly, I think, played with Luds most of the time because Luds was a stay-at-home defenseman, and Chelly could go off and do whatever he had to do. And I think Greeny and I... Uh, Rick Green and I uh, ended up being a, a pairing in that playoff, hey, playoff round. Tim, I hated it in practice that we do one-on-ones, <laughs> and I would come down with the puck, and Larry would just put his stick out, and he would start laughing at me. He would just start laughing because he knew there's no way in the world I'm going to beat him. And he would just go, poke. Or he let me buy him just a little bit, and he uh, j- just poked me in the hand. I lose the pocket, would blow up. Oh, <laughs> I hated that. One on ones were the worst in practice. Uh, you never, you never beat the guy. It's I impossible. I know. <laughs> when I stepped on the ice, I never backed down, and I never stayed down. And I was vicious, and I was malicious, and I don't care. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Awesome um, to have uh, one of my all-time favorite teammates. Uh, played 20 NHL seasons, made the playoffs all 20 seasons, six-time All-Star, two-time Norris Trophy winner, six Stanley Cups as a player, NHL all-time leader in a plus-minus at a plus 730. No one will ever break that fucking record, I tell you that. Three Stanley Cups as a coach, another as a scout, won the Conn Smythe in 78, was inducted to the Hockey Hall of Fame in 95, had his number retired, number 19 in Montreal, back in 2007. And um, I couldn't think of anybody more deserving than you, Larry, to have your number retired, obviously, to be up there with all those greats. And, uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Awesome to have you, buddy. How Thanks, you Nux. Thanks, Nux. It's a long time coming. We- we tried it before we screwed up or something. I don't know. We couldn't get it get it through, but we'll we'll blame yeah. it on Timmy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what he usually does. So yeah, the yeah. bad internet. But uh, yeah. so listen, I, I I love going back to the beginning. I knew you grew up in in Marvelville, Ontario, and yeah. I, I looked it up because I never knew where it was. Right, you know, I'm from Boston. You've been there. I've never yep. been to your hometown, obviously, but. Um, when I looked it up, it I put Marvel and it said a hamlet in Ontario. So yeah. you grew up in this little hamlet uh, of Marville. Uh, how did uh, how did growing up on that farm and that in your family kind of prep you? Or what are some of the values that prep you and got you ready to be an NHL player one day? Well, I I don't know if it it didn't prep me to be an NHL player, but uh, when you grow up on a farm, you learn the value of uh, working to earn a dollar. And um, and every dollar that you earn, um, you have to use because you, you don't make that much. Uh, but I'll tell you how Marvelville came to be. It was my grandfather and his great-grandfather, I guess, came over. And um, oh, don't mind that. Somebody's coming to the door. It's Okay. Anyway, um, so uh, what happened was is uh, when you, this hamlet of Marvelville, <clears throat> if you go 
uh, the four the four roads that lead out of Marvelville. Marvelville was basically a um, uh, entity where there was a we had a, a our local store and the local store had a, a post office and so all the farmers had to have a place to deliver their mail because nobody had mailboxes. So in a way, it was delivered to Marvelville, which was basically the corner store. And it was, apparently, the story is one of my great grandfather, my grandfather. Um, named the town because Marvelville means island. And uh, so in the spring, when, all, when the floods start and all the uh, snow melts and everything else, basically this little hamlet is, uh, is all a big island because uh, everything floods around it. So, so be it. That's, so is that's, that where you uh, grew loving horses? Is that a- uh, well, I grew up, we, uh, some friends of ours, we used to get a bunch of horses from... Uh, from one uh, somebody that would uh, lend them lend us uh, their horse to, and all we had to do was feed them and train them and whatever. And uh, so I really uh, I, I grew up riding, but <laughs> riding was a big word. We get on and ran like hell, and then waited until the horse tired out, and then we stopped. That's how we got him to stop. So when I got um, when I started playing polo, that's when I really knew how how little I knew how to ride. Well. Uh- Obviously, before the polo started, uh, it was hockey. So w- yeah. where's the hockey career begin in Marvelville? Did you guys play out in the pond? Was yeah, it no, organized we had, hockey? Well, all of the above. We, uh, with our, our, our uh, public school, it was a one-room public school, and right beside the school, they had the, uh, the farmers built an, an arena, so we had boards outside. And <clears throat> there was a water line that went from the inside the school underground and came out towards uh, right beside the board. So as soon as the first snowfall, uh, four or five of us would get together and one would water the snow and everybody else would tramp it down until we got a base. And then uh, we'd get the keys from the, the local store owner uh, to stay at the school and we'd take turns. And, and my uh, uh, uncle had a big um, Air Force suit. And so we'd, we'd put our, the rubber boots on with about six pairs of socks and this big suit to keep us warm, and we'd take turns going out, and f- you'd flood until your feet got cold, and then you'd come in and somebody else would go out, and we'd do that all night. And by the morning, we'd have a great uh, sheet of ice, and, and that's where we uh, we uh, played shinny hockey or whatever. But I never so played... Uh, yeah, Knox, I never played organized hockey until I was eight years old. Uh, and then uh, I went down to uh, Russell, Ontario, which is about seven or eight miles east of us. And the uh, local Lions Club would supply us with socks and and, uh, shirt and shirts, and we'd play in a house league down there. And then from the house league, we got, we'd get picked uh, an all-star game, uh, all-star team, sorry. And then we'd go around to all the tournaments around and beat the, cri- beat the crap out of everybody. And then uh, and that was how I got started in hockey. So you get started in hockey, uh, played a little with the Brockville Braves, Ottawa yep. uh, Rangers, and then the Kitchener Rangers. That Was it one year you played in junior? Is that it? Only yeah, one the, with the Kitchener the Rangers. One. Yeah. Uh, I went to try out for the Ottawa 67s, and uh, <clears throat> the manager there, the manager coach at the time, uh, said, Dad, I, he, he does, he's not – it's not talented enough. He'll, he'll never make it. So I, I never got really got a tryout for there. So that's how I ended up going to Brockville. And then uh, Barry Fraser was uh, 
he was later a, a scout for the Edmonton Oilers, and he had an end with the Kitchener Rangers. So I played two years in Brockville, and then my last year I played in, uh, in Kitchener. So, you, were, were, what, what, what age were you? Sorry, Nux, but what weren't you at some point playing forward for a while? And well, yeah, when I went to Brockville, I was a centerman. Wow. I played, I played forward, and then uh, uh, my coach there, Dan Dexter, says, "You know, have you ever played defense?" And I go, "Well, I played a little bit in Pee Wee. I I played some defense because, uh, I mean, that, you got the. I never. I don't think I came off the ice when I played Pee Wee. I just basically stayed on the ice the whole time." So I said, I played a little bit, but I don't, I, you know, I don't know really how to play defense. So he said, well, we've only got two defense here. So if you want to play a lot, said, uh, tr- why don't you try defense? So I said, that sounds good to me. So they put me back on defense and, uh, and you know, showed me how to play and uh, gave me a few tips. And that's where I got started playing D. Well, that's an awesome, obviously an awesome transition for you because uh, you go to uh, Kitchener, have that year, big season you had, and you end up getting drafted by the Habs, 20th yeah. overall uh, in the first round. And then uh, what was it like coming for you, that first training camp in Montreal? Did you, I mean, I remember mine, and it was intimidating, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. Well, more like scared shitless. <laughs> If <laughs> pardon the expression, but I, you know, I was so intimidated uh, when I got there. I, I the, the, you know, they give you your, your equipment, and everything, and then I get a pair of shin pads, and I, I was, I was too shy to say anything, but they came about three inches above my my ankle, and so just for fun, I took them, I turned them over, and they had number nine on the inside, and I'm going, uh-huh. wait a minute, the last guy that wore number nine uh, is retired now, so. Anyway, that's when Guy Lapointe went over and, and gave the uh, trainers shit and said, listen, listen, he said, this kid can't wear those shin pads. Get him a pair that fit him. So uh, that's how uh, Point Two and I became pretty close friends uh, from that point on. But my, I remember, Knox, my first, my first uh, inter-squad game. Uh, <clears throat> we're playing, and I'm playing defense, and, and uh, Claude LaRose is coming up on, on the, my, my right-hand side. And so I said, well, what the heck, let's see. And I, so I went over and I hammered him into the, into the boards and not knowing you do not hit a veteran yeah. in, in training camp, especially in an inner squad game. So uh, big scuffle, you know, starts and everything else. And then uh, Lappy was, uh, was my partner at the time and he's best friends with Claude LaRose. Oh, and he goes, yeah. So he comes over, hey, kid, don't, don't listen to anything these guys say. And next time he comes up, hit him even harder. <laughs> <laughs> so we went, out after, we went out after for lunch, and uh, I got to know Rosie. And, and uh, actually, Rosie and, and Lappy and I became really good friends. We used to go fishing in the summer together. Just a, a great, great group of guys. Yeah. Did you guys have any that, fitness testing when you came back for a stream? No, nothing, <laughs> nothing. And, and you know what? I remember because it was uh, Scotty that first, well, was it, that really started it, the uh, University of Sherbrooke. Um, this was right after the, uh, the Russians came over, and, uh, and he was impressed with how uh, well that the Russians skated and how much in shape they were and all this testing and all this other stuff. So the University of uh, Sherbrooke came over and, and they were the first ones to test us. And oh, I wanted to die. I mean, yeah. you, you especially, well, Nux, you know that 
what the VO2 test? Yeah. I mean, you get on there and you go as hard as you can for I don't know thirty or a minute or yeah, minute and thirty a minute. seconds, something like that. And they got and you're you have all this contraption all over you, and you're supposed to be able to breathe. And I had my nose broken a couple of times, so I couldn't breathe out of it to start with. So um, anyway, and then you got to do push-ups and you got to do sit-ups and also all this other crap. So. I remember I, I was scared stiff uh, every time I went to training camp because I knew we were going to have to go through these tests and I just I just hated them because uh, I, I wasn't funny. one. To, yeah, I didn't lift weights. I don't know if you did it at all. Nuts, yeah, but I, I wasn't big weight. in the weights. No. Yeah, it's funny. My first camp, Larry, I remember I hit Gila Point. I, I said, I got to do something. <laughs> I hit Gila Point and I I'm remember. coming back up the ice and Shuddy chopped me and I'm like, fuck, I chopped him back and I, I didn't fight but I'm like what's he yeah. whacking me for like I all they did is check the guy I'm like I, I didn't have a clue and no uh, we didn't oh it's so funny so you start with the V's those two years how big was that in your development going down in Nova Scotia because boy the, the Canadians had a history of sending guys down there and, and you know you could get lost down there it's two three four years down there well, you, you, um, yeah, you, you were there a year and a half. Yeah. Well, I, I was fortunate. I, you know, you get a ch Some guys, they get a chance to come up and they don't make the best of their chance when they get the, the call up. But uh, I don't think that I would have uh, been the hockey player I was if I hadn't gone down there because I was really fortunate. I had Al McNeil, who was a uh, former defenseman with uh, Chicago Blackhawks and pretty tough kid. Uh, kid, he was he was he was really tough. And then, of course, had Claude Ruel, who you know. I mean, he worked Piton. the crap out of us. So Piton, yeah. So in a way, and 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 basically, after the, about the first or second practice, Al called me into his office and says, "Kid, you either toughen up and play tough and and use your size, or uh, I can't play you here. You're going to have to go down to the East Coast League." And here I am, my first year. I've got already got a kid, a one-year-old son, and my wife, who just made the trek to uh, all the way to the East Coast, and uh, so this was kind of an awakening for me. So I went out the the next the first game we played, and uh, you know what it's like, like in the minors. I think I got in at least two or three fights. There's three bench clearing brawls, and and uh, that's how I kind of made my name was. Uh, I stood up for myself and, and of course, my teammates and uh, made a name for myself that, uh, you know, fool around and you're going to get the crap beat out of you. You well, guys end up winning. Yeah, we did. Too, right? Yeah, yeah, we beat uh, Baltimore Clippers in the finals. 7,200 people in a 5,000-seat arena. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. But we had, yeah. we had really, when Knox was down there, he played with my brother, Mo. And yeah. uh, we had we had some really good teams down there. They they often said that the the team when we had uh, I think it was Chartres and Risebrow and yourself and and so on and so forth that year they could have beaten probably half the NHL teams. So yeah, the V's the Voyagers are incredible. They had yeah. such strong teams down there for years, yeah. no question yeah, about did. it. So right. you to spend a year and a half there. You win the Calder Cup. And and yeah. what happens? When do you get the call? Who's your first game against? And again, the nerves. What were the nerves like coming in that first one? My, you know what? I wasn't all that nervous. I had a really good training camp, and uh, I have to admit, I was 
really disappointed that uh, I didn't stay up because, you know, I had a bunch of the uh, guys telling me, oh, yeah, you're, you're doing great. But, but we had eight defensemen at the time. So there really wasn't any place for me to play. And I, I was certainly wasn't going to stay in Montreal and sit, sit around and not, not play. So I went back down and uh, I was called up January the 8th against the Minnesota North Stars. And at that time, I had five goals and I think 36 assists. I was about the fifth leading scorer in the American League. So uh, Al called me in. <clears throat> we had won the, won the game in Halifax. And there's a little place that we go to after the game, of the, all the guys and their wives. And I was sitting there and I got a call. I said, Al wants to see you. I went, oh, no, what do I do now? Mm. So <laughs> across I go and he goes, uh, I just got a call, and uh, they want you to come up to play for Montreal. So I said, yeah. I said, well, and then I started shaking, thinking about it. And then he goes, listen, don't worry about it. I said, the best thing you can do is if you go your first shift, look for the first guy coming down and hit him as hard as you can, and, and that'll get you, get you into the game. So uh, my first victim was poor Bobby Nevin, who's... Oh. Bob doesn't Nevin. hit anybody. He's one yeah, of the nicest to fly. <laughs> he just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> and so I hit him and, and the gloves flew off and he's laying on the ice and I've got four guys trying to come to fight me and whatever. So, um, but after that, you know, there was, that was fine. I don't think I got involved in any altercation or anything that night, but uh, my, certainly my nerves were gone and, and, uh, I played because at that point, I think uh, Le Perrier was hurt and Pierre Bouchard was hurt and somebody else. But I played pretty well regular from then right until the end of the season. And, uh, and then this playoff started and I wasn't even dressed for the start of the playoffs against Buffalo. So there I was skating with uh, Floyd Curry every morning. The busher. The busher. He skated the crap out of us. And, uh, and I'm going, oh. I said, I, I, I don't, if I get in, there's not, I'm going to do everything I can not to be back out here. So sure enough, somebody got hurt. And, uh, and so I started the first game against Flyers. And then in my second game, uh, and I didn't, I didn't play all that much. But the second game I played and we uh, were tied 2-2 going into uh, overtime. And um, I came around the net and picked the puck up and I was going to, pass it up because Frank Mahovlich was sitting in the left wing and I said, okay, am I going to take it or am I going to give it to Frank Mahovlich? Uh, duh. And then Frank <laughs> says, no, 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 go, go, go. So I just kept going. And then I just got over the red line or over the blue line and I took a slap shot, top corner, Doug Favelle, and got my first overtime goal. So that, that really was a, a lift for me. I guess. A big confidence builder in, yeah. in the playoffs. So you, your first year you get called up. You, well, you win a uh, call the cup in the American League, then you come up the Canadians win a Stanley Cup. Now, yep. when I look at that, uh, it was a few years before you win the next one. Did you feel like after you won that first one, oh, we're going to be back, no problem, we'll be back next year? You know how you get that feeling yeah. when you – Yeah. I, I, I remember coming in my first year thinking, oh, we're going to win, this is going to be five in a row, and it didn't happen. It yeah. eventually happened, but when it did, I'm now oh, we'll be back next year. Not to be. So winning the cup the first year did it take some of that kind of pressure off a little bit and allow you to just come in and play hockey and not, you know, you've you've, no. you've, you've kind of achieved it. Yeah, no, I'm not really because I, well, you know what it's like. 
once you win that first one, I mean, yeah. there's nothing, nothing like it, and you want that, you want that feeling again. Um, and I, I think uh, a lot of it depends on on your surroundings and the people that you're with. You know, so uh, the one advantage of playing in Montreal is they don't they don't let you sit on your laurels because you're only as good as your last shift, and they demand more, they want more. And again, I think that's probably one of the great things that happened to me is that I got to play in Montreal where I knew that I had to play well or they were going to be all over you. So uh, I think it, it made me prepare myself better. It made me be a better person and a better player. Did you win that first cup uh, in Montreal or were you guys on the road? No, we were in Chicago. Chicago? The, this is the, Tim, this is the famous Tim's from game. Chicago. This, yeah, this is the famous game, okay? So the, the playoffs start Montreal against uh, Chicago Blackhawks. The battle of Tony Esposito and Kenny Dryden. So, of course, it was, it was, it was a great battle. Now we get into Montreal. Everybody's talking all parade. We're up, uh, I think, four, uh, three games to one or three. Yeah, I think three games to two. Sorry, three games to two. So the game starts, first shot on goal, in, goal. Next shot on goal, for us, goal. It went on back and forth and back and forth. We ended up losing to Chicago eight to seven in the battle of the goaltenders. So, so now, you know, every, this, oh no, what's happened? What's happened to the team? They gotta, we gotta make changes and so on. So anyway, we go back to Chicago, uh, Start the first period, and of course in Chicago, you can't hear yourself think the crowd's so loud. They score the first goal, and then they score another goal. And the next thing you know, they're up 2 nothing. and then about a minute something left, Henry Richard scores a goal to bring it down to 2-1. to one. We come back out in the second, uh, Mark Tarda scored to tie it up, and then a Reginald Houle sc- uh, scored to make it 3-2, uh, to two. and then we got a late goal and uh, right after, I think it was in the second period, uh, Claude Rose went into the, the the net and broke his leg. So that kind of put a damper on everything. But uh, we ended up winning that winning that uh, that game and and uh, winning the Stanley Cup. And it was it was tremendous tremendous feeling. So that first cup, okay. Uh, then yeah. the next two years, um, no Stanley Cup. And then you're going to go on a string of four in a row. But yeah. I think one of the stories a lot of people don't know, and I'm not sure if Tim knows this one, is um, the Broad Street Bullies uh, winning two cups in a row. And yeah. they were intimidating everybody in the league, every team in the league. And apparently they intimidated the Canadians that year in the playoffs, right? 70, was it 74, 75? Did you play yeah. in the playoff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the year before the. Yeah, I don't the think four we, in a row. Yeah, but um, they they. What's the story? How's the story go? How's that come around? That when you have the big brawl, you stood up to them. You brought all the young guys up in training camp. Remember, uh, like Sean the, Shanahan, Riza. Yeah. The, um, yeah, we are starting. Are starting. That was in uh, training camp. And Scotty, Scotty decided that uh, he was going to set the tone because we never got to play them in the playoffs. We, we got beat out earlier. I think one, one was by, 
uh, New York maybe or something. Anyway, I, I don't recall because the only time we ever played them in the playoffs was 70, the 75, 76 when we beat okay. them. But, right. but uh, Scotty had set the tone that, that uh, training, training camp. camp. And we went into, it was in uh, Philadelphia, and our starting lineup, uh, Dougie Riley, I think we had Glenn Golduck was on left wing. Pierre Bouchard Ooh, was on right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pierre Bouchard was on right wing. Uh, no, P- Butch was playing defense. Uh, Sean Shanahan was on, on uh, right wing. So the, the total, I think the smallest guy was Riser, and he was uh, about yeah. 200 pounds, but Riser was a tough son of a gun too. So anyway, yeah. they line up for the fa- face off, and the next, and it was against Clarkie and somebody else. Next thing you know, uh, Riser drops the gloves and suckers Clarkie, and and everything started. And um, I think Goldie uh, fought uh, Schulze, Shanahan fought Zaleski or somebody else, and we just kind of kicked the crap out of them. And then Moose Dupont came over to Scotty. He said, "Scotty, guys, Scotty, Scotty, you gotta stop it! You gotta stop it!" And Scotty just looked at him with a big smile. And uh, they ended up calling calling the game actually with five minutes left, and uh, and then we just we never had another problem with uh, with Philly. I know. I, when I heard that story, it was, it was so cool because here they win two Stanley Cups. You guys challenge them preseason game, and then that team, you uh, and uh, being part of the big three, you go on and win four Stanley Cups in a row. Yeah. Um, God. It, it, it's unbelievable because I just thought, you know, obviously being a Bruins fan growing up, I hated the Canadians. I hated what you was doing. But but how cool was that, being part of that group? And, and, and out of those four years, I guess, which was the, uh, the best team, uh, you know, best year you had? What, what was the year you lost, what, how many games? Seven, eight, eight games. games or something? Eight games. Eight games. Eight games, yeah. I think we were uh, 58. Eight or 52, 8 and 16 or something like that. And uh, I remember all eight losses. That's, I mean, <laughs> we lost, we, we, one of our losses was to the Oakland Seals in Oakland, and we outshot them 48 to 13. <laughs> and they beat us two to one. Uh, Joe Malash stood on his head. Um, but it was, it was, um, it was pretty special because I, I think all those all those teams were were uh, were pretty good. Even even the following year, I think we only lost ten games, but yeah. everybody remembers the eight. I think it was, we were eight, ten, and twelve in three years. So it wasn't just that we uh, we we won. I mean, we won the cups, but we, when you think back of it, we always said, you know. We, we damn near lost uh, Stanley Cup in in each one of those years because we were one bounce away from from losing the Stanley Cup. So uh, when they say it's hard to win a Stanley Cup, uh, it truly is. I mean, the one uh, with the, the famous over overtime against Boston, I remember yeah. um, too many men on the ice, right? Too many men. But prior to that, uh, prior to that. I think it was we were we were coming down. It was a two on one, and 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 Peter McNabb had passed the puck across, and I took Peter out, and we both fell against the boards. And I'm I'm looking back, and Terry O'Reilly is all alone in front. He's got Kenny Dryden out, and he shot the friggin' puck over the net. 
And he just looked at me, he goes, oh my God. And then we went right down uh-huh. and then that's the pass across. And I think Lambert scored just yeah. shortly after that. And I, I just, sh- so, I mean, Riley could have scored right there and we were, it was all over, but sometimes, you know, you have to have a little bit of luck. Was that yeah. fourth cup hard? I mean, was any of those cups hard? What was the hardest one to win? I would, I would assume the the fourth one just being the le- no one wanted you to win. Right. right? Yeah. The, yeah. Well, the, the first one, I think the first one, believe it or not, was probably the easiest because you know we were so hungry and and we had kind of just clicked. Uh, but the I think the one that uh, I think the one that we beat uh, New York ended up beating New York uh, when they came into our building. They won the first game, and then uh, they, sh- they showed a picture of uh, all the New York guys with smoking cigars in the, be- in the dressing room after, and they're saying, could this be the end of the dynasty or whatever? And we took that yeah. picture, we posted it up <laughs> in the dressing room. <laughs> that was our you know, only motivation that we needed, and it was great. I think I Bob, Gain- Bob Gainey played out of his tree that he, he had a He was yeah, the did. Smite that Didn't year. he win the Con Smite that yeah. year? Yeah, yeah, he did. It was awesome. Um, your memory, his, your memory. We thought you might have forgot this podcast today, but clearly, <laughs> no, I just, memory I just, is not an I issue. I just forgot how to use my freaking <laughs> iPad. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that four in a row, and now it's transition time. Okay, and I, I remember, like, I got drafted in '78. I stayed yeah. in school one more year. I could have been a part of that. Stanley Cup, if I came, you never know. I could have spent the whole year in Nova Scotia. I might have got called up. Regardless, yeah. I didn't come to camp. My first year I come, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to win number five here. My first year in the NHL, I'm going to win a Stanley Cup. Not to be. And yeah. Dryden retired. Conway's back went out. He came to training camp, t- couldn't do it. Yeah. Everybody, it starts breaking up. Um, now, that transition for you, going from that four in a row, and all of a sudden, all this new blood coming in. What was like? What was that like for you? Because I, you were one of the elder statesmen when I got there. I was twenty one. Yeah. I think you were twenty eight. You're seven yeah. years older. I, yeah. I looked at you as like old. You were old. Uh, I was. <laughs> is that was crazy? Old. Yeah, that's crazy. It is. it is crazy. How do you think I felt when I when I was playing at forty two? <laughs> <laughs> But that transition, you know, starting to lose guys. And, you know, I, I just remember coming in and I met Riser and I met all these guys. And then I remember the day Riser got traded, right? Yeah. Um, he was on the bike doing a test, a fitness test. And there was a phone call. He got up, he got on the phone. And this is typical Riser. They told him he was traded. He got back on the bike and finished the test. And then he showered and left and he, he was gone. And it was the first time. I was involved in something like that. Like, and I felt bad. I mean, I just got to know this guy and he's gone already. How yeah. was that for you starting to see everybody moving same. on and all this new blood coming in? Yeah, it was the same. I, I remember the night that uh, Guy Lapointe got traded to St. Louis. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, him and I were, were very close, uh, as was Serge, because Serge left to go to uh, Winnipeg as well. But yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was a tough night. We went, we all went out. Uh, Claude Mouton was still alive at the time, and uh, we drank our faces off. and uh, And I wished him good luck. But it, it's in the end, uh, you know, uh, you find out 
I mean, we it, yes, it is a game, but it's also a business, and uh, and not not everything is roses. And uh, so, uh, I I actually found out kind of like you. Uh, I I used to get come into the rink with uh, Pete Mahovlich all the time because he was a good he, and still is a friend of mine, and and we traveled back and forth. And so we're driving in, and he, and he and on the way in, he tells me, "Oh, I just got traded to uh, Pittsburgh for Pierre Larouche." I go, "What?" He goes, yeah, it happened this morning, and I didn't know anything about it. So anyway, we get to the rink, uh, you know, give each other a big hug and good luck and whatever. And so he goes across to the visitor's dressing room, and I go in, and we ended up, I, th- I think we beat him like 12 to 1 or something that night. But that's just the reality of of what uh, the, game, the game is. And But lost a lot of really good friends to other teams, but I also got some really good friends too because – uh, Ryan Walter and and Rick Green, um, you know, they came over for Locker and and Lang and Rod Langway and Roddy was a good yeah. friend of mine as well. Uh, but Rick Green be- is became one of my best friends, and uh, we won a cup together with with yourself and uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and uh, I was going to bring that up again. So those four in a row, that new blood comes in, we win that Stanley Cup. How? how- important was that one for you you know that first one you got when you got called up then the four in a row and now things start to change and then you know you're getting a little older in the game and then 86 happens uh, how yeah. cool was well, that well it was great because it had been almost what eight or nine years <clears throat> since we had since we had won a cup but uh i i don't know if you remember but i i remember uh well first of all we had that meeting with uh yeah with Serge, Mr. Uh, Corey and Serge, yeah. Mr. Corey and Serge, and then uh, later on, uh, Peron has that the meeting, that big meeting before the playoffs start, and uh, I, I remember to this day, Bobby Smith getting up and and talking about his experience in Minnesota and how they won the cup, and oh yeah, we're going to win it again, and never even got close after that, and uh, and and so that one I think. Had a had a big uh, what's the right word a, a reaction because I looked at all I was looking at all the faces and and everybody are going yeah you know what that, you're right we may not get another chance and I think that yeah. that meeting really brought us close together and we were a pretty uh, cl- uh, close knit group that group that won that cup and uh, uh, so it was a it was a great feeling but I still think. 86, I thought Calgary had a better team than we did. But, uh, you know, Patrick stood on his head and we just had the lady luck. And then and then in 89, I thought we were the better team and Calgary ends up beating us. So just yeah. how things how things can sometimes work out differently uh, in the playoffs, just that whoever gets the right bounces. Yeah. I was going to ask you, were you ever D partners? And the reason I asked this, because he also tried to play forward. Uh, and then here's two, Chelios, were you ever D partners with him? Because I think oh, it's hilarious yeah. if you yeah. were. Yeah. Because here's two guys who tried to play forward and they're like Hall of Fame defense. <laughs> yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Chelly and I played together for a little bit. And then, um, and then Chelly, I think, played with Luds most of the time because Luds was a stay at home defenseman and Chelly could go off and do whatever he had to do. And I think Greeny and I, uh, Rick Green and I uh, ended up being a, a pairing in that playoff, hey, playoff round. Tim, I hated it in practice 
that we do one-on-ones <laughs> and I would come down with the puck and Larry would just put his stick out and he would start laughing at me. He would just start laughing because he knew there's no way in the world I'm going to beat him. And he would just go poke or he'd let me buy him just a little bit and he'd just poke me in the hand. I'd lose the pocket, would blow up. Oh, I hated that. One-on-ones uh, were the worst in practice. Uh, you, never, you never beat the guy. I it's impossible. I know. Yeah. <laughs> They, but I, I mean, we had, we, you know what, that was what, going back to that, the, those four teams that won the, the Stanley Cup, uh, I was, uh, later on, I was talking to some people and they said that when they used to come into the uh, Montreal, their guys would literally get up early and come over because they liked to watch our practices because they said our practices were probably better than most of the games that were being played. But but and it's and it's true. I mean, we we challenged each other. You know, we even knocked yeah. when you and Bobby and everybody. You'd go against Flower and them, and and you'd say, "Yeah, you're yeah. not going. You're not going to score today." And and that's uh, I think that was that was why we were such we were so good at what we did is because we weren't we weren't just out there to you know go through the motions. We we went out there and we prepared and we challenged ourselves to be better. Yeah, we did. No question about it. And it was awesome to be part of uh, that organization. No question. And yeah. when I look at your career, 17 years in Montreal, Larry, success out the yin-yang. And then uh, what, what prompts the move to Los Angeles for three years? What happened there? You know what? It, it was just on it was on a whim uh, because I, my contract was up and Serge, Serge had offered me one year. He says, I'll give you one year. I can't remember the the dollar amount. It was I think it was like We'll give you one year for fifty grand. No. no. Yeah, probably <laughs> lot, well, yeah, probably not much no. more than that. But, <laughs> but um so anyway I said, Well, what if I want to play more than that? Well, you know, will you uh, ex- no, no, we're just we're just going to give you one year. So I went back to uh my uh business and dinghies at dinghies. Because we owned yeah. that garage with business Donnie. there with Donnie, yeah. And so I go in and I sat. We sat, sat down in the office there, and I said, "What? What? The, I mean, he only wants to offer me. What should I do?" And he goes, "I don't know. Why? Why don't you? Do you want to go somewhere?" And I said, "Well, what about the Bruce McNall in in L.A.?" And he goes, "I don't know. Well, let's give him a call." So we called him up and we got Bruce on the phone and talked to him a little bit and. He goes, uh, you, you know, you know, L.A.? I said, well, we come in, we get, stay at the hotel and we leave. He says, well, why don't, I, why don't I, I'll fly you and your wives and everything and come out here and you can look around L.A. And, and uh, so then Donnie says, well, what are you offering? He says, well, I'll offer the same amount of money as, as uh, Canadians, but I'll give you three years. And if you don't want to play your third year, I'll, get, I'll still pay you half your salary. I went, oh, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah, I guess. You know? So we, anyway, we fly out there and uh, he wines and dines us and takes us. I, I think I went on the, the Pat Sajek show or something like that. And he was <laughs> known for the, the coins and all that kind of stuff. So he, he had me hold this coin. And anyway, so they introduced me at the Pat Sajek show and he goes, uh, you, have, you still have the coin? And I go, yeah. And so I give it to him. Turns out the friggin' coin was worth a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> Oh. And uh, my hands started to sweat. <laughs> oh. uh, but anyway, so so anyway, to make a long story short, um, 
we called Serge and uh, told him what uh, the uh, Kings were going to offer me. And he goes, no, we can't do that. So, so in a way, I ended up signing my contract and I came home and started preparing to move to L.A. So you moved to L.A., you play your last three years out. And yeah. um, how odd was it? Did it Was it like a little weird now? You're playing hockey in the sunshine sunshine uh it's beautiful out and after all those years in montreal what how was that that first time with the kings uh, uh <clears throat> well it was it was that, that part wasn't that bad i mean it was a little weird but it it actually was was great to be able to at the end of the game walk outside and not have to shovel your the snow off your car uh yeah. you know taking walks down along the strand and so on and so forth i mean it was it was fabulous. I lived down in the valley, and uh, I'd come home from a game, uh, throw on the jacuzzi in the backyard, and grab a beer and you. go sit, sit in jacuzzi and just walk, look at the stars. And I'm going, man, oh man, this, this isn't too bad. But I have yeah. to admit, it's, it's not a cheap place to live. So no. uh, to say I saved a lot of money by moving out there, not not really, but. Uh, in the long run, it turned out really good for me because I ended up getting a four-year stint in uh, coaching uh, later on, and um, and so that in that uh, instance, it's it really helped me. What was it like playing with Gretzky? It was good. It, it, it was it was hard for me because I tried to change my style because he he you know he wanted all the offense and you know go and everything else, and you know I'm 39 years old at the time. And uh, finally, Rogie and, and uh, Rick Wilson, Rick Wilson was the, the, goal, the defense coach. They brought me in and said, listen, Larry, we, we didn't bring you here to play like Wayne Gretzky. We brought you here, you know, to play like you can play. So he said, don't worry about what they're doing. You play, play your game and, and you'll enjoy it a lot. Because I was, I was struggling. I, I, I just... I'm not used to that type of type of game. I'm used to seeing everything, making the first pass, and so on and so forth. So, after that meeting, it uh, it got a lot better, and and uh, so I I kind of I I got to, I mentored a few guys. I, I mean, I played with uh, Steve Duchesne when I was out there, and and him and I played played a lot together. And uh, he was a great young player. Really had a lot of talent. So we retired the same year, ninety one, ninety two. Uh, both of us, and then you got into coaching. Like you said, you coach in L.A. four years, um, uh, made uh, the playoffs in your third season, right? Yeah. And yeah. lost in the conference quarterfinals. And then um, you move on to take an assistant job with uh, Jacques Lemaire, right? Well, actually, in New Jersey. Actually, Nux, I was in – I went – I got a – I retired for in ninety one ninety two. I retired for a full year, and I worked as a yeah. uh, um, in for Bridgestone Firestone Tire Company. I was their national spokesperson, so I traveled all okay. across Canada, you know, uh, going to see their clients and that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. so I took a year away from hockey, and then I'm sitting at home, and I get a call from Lou Lamarillo, and he goes, uh, "Larry, um, you know, I went." all small talk and everything. He said, would you be interested in coming uh, to be an assistant coach in New Jersey? And I go, wow, well, I, I don't know. I've never coached. I had never thought about it. Oh, well, he says, well, okay, I'm going to fly into Montreal. I'll meet you at the uh, uh, Montreal airport at the Hilton at the Montreal airport. So fine, dandy. So anyway, I drive up, 
drove drove up to Montreal, or well, I was lived in Montreal at the time. So I drove down to the Hilton. I walk in, and uh, he meets me at the door, and he goes, "Hi, Larry. Thank you very much for coming. I want you to meet the new head coach." So I walk around the corner. Jacques Lemaire. Coco. Coco. I said, what are you doing here? <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. um, we talked and everything else. And uh, and that's where I first started. I, I started with Jacques. Uh, I, I was an assistant under Jacques for, the, for two years. And then after the second year, then I got a call from L.A. offering me the, uh, the head coaching job. So then that's I went right. to play. Yeah. Yeah, you went to LA as a head coach, your uh, first head coaching job. So, yeah. Um, wh- how now, assistant coach, head coach, your personality, what do you feel you're better suited for, head coach or assistant? Assistant coach. Yeah. Much. And, I, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, the pressures, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the challenge of being uh, the head coach. But being a head coach, uh, you, you miss the camaraderie with the players, the, the one-on-one, because you, you just don't have time. You just don't have time. I, yeah. in, LA, in L.A., I was helping with the bus schedule, and you're doing an interview before the game and after the game and during pra- after practice and before practice. And, and your, your time is just – I mean, you're, if you think coaching is a lot of fun, uh, you know, forget about it. It's a, it's a lot of work. It's it's three times as hard as being a hockey player. I mean, uh, the, the, your preparation and you stay up nights looking at tapes and films and uh, you're worried some guy comes in and his wife told him he was a, uh, a dummy and he got home <laughs> late <laughs> and then he got a babysit and oh my God. You know, so I mean, it's it's just, as an assistant, you have nothing. All you... The, the 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 coach is the asshole, and you just come in and smooth everything over mm-hmm. and say everything's nice and come and have let's go let's go and have a beer together and you talk to them and everything else. So it's it's so much easier. Which did you like winning a cup as a coach or a player better? Actually, I enjoyed winning as a coach because it's. Yeah. I mean, you just remember all those hours. I I mean, I'll tell you a story. Is and 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 don't forget now. I mean. You have an assistant video. You got a made a head video, and get a lot more help, right? Yeah. So you you know you come in, you go, hey, I want to see eleven thirteen of the first period, uh, the the back check by so and so, and then you've got it. Me, I, I was gonna. It was an old VHS, so you backward, put it all, yeah. rewind, and then put it all forward, and then rewind and put it all forward. So we were playing the Flyers, and the Flyers, had, when I was in uh, head coach in. Um, I took over from Robbie Fatorik. And um, so we were playing Florida and they beat us the first game. And I'm going, we're a much better team. I, I, I've got to find something. So I'm looking at tapes and I'm looking at tapes. And about 2.30 in the morning, I, I, I noticed something. And I go, I wonder if this is true. So I put it back and I replayed it and went back and forth and back and forth. And I, and I realized when they came down on us, they always threw the puck in left to right. And then and rim it in. So then they'd take one four-checker and he'd go in behind the net. The other four-checker would come down and he'd be the guy that would hit Scotty or whoever defenseman was going to take it. And the third guy was, was there to, to pick up the loose puck. So I told Marty, I said, Marty, leave the puck. I don't want you coming out of the net. And then the first, the first D when he come back, I brought the centerman away, 
down deep, and the first center, or the first defenseman that went in, all you're going to do, you're not even going to look. You're just going to pop it, pop it out to the middle, and then take off. We had three, three two on ones, and we ended up coming back, and and they never, they never picked it up, and uh, we ended up coming back, and we ended up beating them, and and went on to win the Stanley Cup that year, and it was all, I mean, it's stuff like that. You you feel so good about it, and and then don't forget, you're, you're in charge of 23 guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, so it's it's a tremendous 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 feeling. I, to me, it was it was more gratifying than than when I won my first first Stanley Cup. Because yeah, sure, right? all, all I got to worry about is me. You know? Was there yeah. any different? Yeah, and you had like ten by then. Yeah, well, no, I had, <laughs> had ten, but no, I had a few. <laughs> um, was there any difference with playing with Claude Lemieux and then coaching him? Was uh, you know no. No, he was still a knucklehead. You had to put up with him. You had to put up with Claude. You had to put up with Claude for uh, for 80, 82 games during the year, and then once the playoffs got there, there's nobody better in the playoffs than than, uh, than Pep. Yeah, Pep Lemieux was an awesome player. Um, Larry, we're gonna do some, if we can, some quick hits here. We're gonna ask you some quick questions, quick answers. Okay, Tim, okay. I'm gonna go first. You can ask second. Who is right. the best player you ever played with? Gila Flirt. Knox, keep going. I don't think I have these. All right, that's okay. Just go off the You're top best. of your head, Timmer. Yeah, off the top of your head, Timmy. Relax. <laughs> Who is the best right. captain you ever played All with? All right, I got one. I got one. Go ahead. The best captain? Bob Ganey. Bob Ganey. Best player Gila you Flirt. coached. Did you already say that? No, you no. didn't say best player I coached. Yeah. Oh, best player I coached. That's a that's a tough one. Uh, well, probably. I mean, Gratz. I I didn't coach him for very long because we had nobody for him to play with. But he's by far probably the best that I ever coached. All right, your best friend um, from hockey, Chris Nyland. Come on. <laughs> I say Come that on. too, so don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, Who is Rick the Green, best Rick, friend? Rick Green. That's what I thought. My my cross country skiing partner. Me there and Greeny ski once in a while. Um, yeah. What um, is the most important cup to you? I think you answered already. Yeah. Well, if my the first one, one a, right? First one as a player, and, my, and of course my coaching one, yeah. Who'd you All hate right. playing against the most as a player? There you go. Gilbert Perrault. Is that an Irish guy? No. Yeah. And of course, Mario Lemieux was a pretty damn close second. <laughs> the biggest game you ever played in? Uh, biggest game I ever played in was ga- uh, game four of uh, 1976 against the Flyers. Cool. What was your favorite stadium other than Montreal to play in? Boston. Uh Uh, Not the new Boston, the old garden. The old one. Uh, The the old garden. Do you like the iPads on the bench? Do you like the iPads (laughs) on the bench? I hate them. (laughs) 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 Name... uh, Two of your defensive partners, and which one did you like to play with more out of the two? Well, Serge Savard was, the, was your number two favorites. 
Serge Savard and Serge Savard. He was my best, the best defensive partner I ever had. He, we just, we knew each other. I mean, we didn't even have to think. We just, I just knew where he was. And you know what? I, I didn't mind playing with Peter Sabota. Pete and I, Peter and I had a, had a Peckerhead. Good yeah. Peckerhead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, how about um, the best coach? The best coach? Well, Scotty's but the best coach I've ever seen. And you, you know, know what? It wasn't, and he, it wasn't even so much uh, the practices or anything else. It's the way he, he would, to me, he was bar none the best guy behind the bench that I ever saw. It, it would be three chefs into the game. And he knew exactly was who was going and who could play with who and who was who should be on the ice with who. He just he was a, unbelievable that way. What team did you like beating the most? I'm assuming Boston, but I'll let you answer. No, not really. Uh, yeah. I I enjoyed uh, beating them all. To be honest with you. Okay. All right. If you could have played another sport professionally, which would it be? Baseball. Baseball. What position? What position? It didn't matter. I was a pretty good center fielder. Then, then become a pitcher? No, I didn't like pitching. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> you went from Usually it's the other way around. Deep. You start off a pitcher yeah. and they end up throwing you in <laughs> yeah. center, center field. What, what year was it, Larry, when you broke your leg uh, playing polo? 89. Was it, that, that happened in the – was that in the summer? Well, right? it happened uh, August – I think August the 8th. I was or August 23rd, somewhere in there. Uh, August the 8th, I think it was. We were having a a uh, tournament, a polo tournament, and uh, my leg got crushed in between two horses. And um, I continued. Uh, it was stupid because I knew I heard it, but I thought I had just twisted it a little bit. And uh, after the game, I took the bandage off, and my leg just blew up. And so I had cracked a, my tibia plateau front, and I had a displaced fracture in my tibia plateau so now what but, time when did you come back that season did you come back that season november what? 20 november 23rd i played my wow. first first game do you wow. know any other player that's ever played polo uh steve murray shutt? bannerman steve shot actually steve shot myself a guy by the name of gilbert ayub and a dominican by the name of eddie martinez we won the uh north american uh eight goal championship and uh, qualified to go to uh, Kentucky for the for the finals, and then I couldn't go because I st- had to go to training camp for LA. <laughs> yeah. So, lad, the polo um, uh, career is all over, right? You're not getting on them yep. horses anymore, are you? No, I get yeah, on. I still I still ride, but I don't I I don't uh, swing the mallet much anymore because I, I, my back goes out. So I, and it's so, funny, I play golf and my back is fine, but as soon as I get on a horse and I start to swing a mallet or if I turn the wrong way, then my back seizes up and I can't walk for three weeks. So, so I Tim, said, well, uh, give it up. Tim, uh, Larry's brother Mo and I played together in Halifax mm. in Nova Scotia my first year. Um, he was just down visiting Big Larry recently. He's down here now, Nux. Is he still? Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how about how about the hole in one? Was he with you? Yes. Well, he's the one that friggin' jumped. I didn't see it. There were seven of us on the 
there was seven of us. There was we were a foursome, and there was another threesome behind, and they were just coming up. And so Mo hits the first. We're it's 168 yards. So Mo gets up and he hits the ball, hits it, and it goes a little bit right of the of the green. And um, so I said, "Well, what'd you use?" And he goes, "A six iron." But it might. It might I said, "Okay, I'll just I'll just choke up a little bit because it was against the wind." And so I hit it, and I saw it was going kind of right onto the green, right by the by the pin. But I never thought anything of it, and I turned like that, and all of a sudden I see Moe's going, win, win, and he freaking jumps and, he's, and he tries to hit me with his chest. You know how the guys all do the bump? Well, I didn't know what he was talking about, and he hit me. just about broke my back, and everybody's jumping around, but they all saw it go in, and I, but I didn't. That's awesome. Did you ever, I never did you had ever a play whole on one. the same team with Mo? Uh, we played yep. one game, one game together. Oh, wow. yeah. Training camp. Training camp. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he had, he had, it's too bad. You know what? I mean, you played with him, Nux. He was, he was Mo a really was a, good player. He yeah. Player. Honestly, he, he yeah. looked, he looked and skated and did everything like you did. He looked like a clone of you, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And no, he just player. never got a shot. He always lived in your shadow. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, and and we went we went up one year to and we talked to Ronald Corey about it, and uh, he he went to um, uh, Oklahoma Oklahoma City and played in the Central Junior League with um, the Minnesota North Stars one year, and we tried to get him traded to the North Stars because he loved it in Oak City, and he was so he wanted yeah. to go there, but they they wouldn't do it. They had asked. Yeah. They asked for whatever some crazy thing, and they the and Minnesota said no. So he said, "Screw this." Yeah. We went back, so he went back to school. It's too bad. We yeah. uh, we certainly uh, bonded together down there, uh, fighting those Maine Mariners all the time. Was it? <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was something. Yeah. Uh, listen, Larry, um, say hi to Jeanette, the kids, everybody, um, and and say hi to Mo. I appreciate you taking the time, pal. Uh, means a lot uh, that you joined us and um, thanks to me as most of you know I'm a dog person I have a Saint Bernard her name is Adele why do I feed Adele formula raw because I love her I want to provide her with a healthy well-balanced locally sourced diet a diet that consists of meat chicken fish mixed with fruits and vegetables that her 140 pounds requires. I also feed her formula raw because it helps her overall energy, it helps her with allergies, and helps strengthen her overall immune system. Dimitri and Nick at Formula Raw have worked tirelessly over the last 10 years to perfect their recipe, and they've got it because you know how I know? Adele loves it. She never never misses a meal and she's a healthy big beautiful saint bernard hey everybody thanks for listening to the raw knuckles podcast we'd really appreciate it if you'd like subscribe and share with a friend